Amen. There we go. Amen. Beloved, this is a special day indeed. Today we celebrate the birthday of the church at large. This is Pentecost Sunday, the day that the church was birthed. The Lord sent his spirit down to dwell his people. And so I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to be a part of a spirit-filled church, as people who are spirit-filled, and I want to see the spirit move in the lives of our people. I want to see the spirit move in our church. Amen. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know and I know that is the Spirit of the Lord. There are sweet expressions. There are sweet expressions on each face. And I know they feel. And I know. The presence, place of the Lord. Let's do that one more time. There's a sweet, sweet. Expressions on each face. When we shall leave 
this place. Come on and give God praise. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning verse 13. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning with verse number 13. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse number 13. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, but it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Do not plan evil against your neighbor who dwells trustingly beside you. Do not contend with a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is, is an abomination to the Lord. But the upright are in his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. The wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This, one of the things you hear in church, churches a lot, is this declaration and 
pronouncement of blessing upon people and individuals. Everybody is looking for a blessing. Everybody wants a blessing. And there are preachers and pastors there who tell people that they can be blessed by different methods and strategies. Some will say, if you watch my television show and get and uh, pay for this blessing cough, uh, then you'll get a blessing. And there are those who actually do that. But we, we used to have an old saying uh, in the church, when praises go up, blessings come down. Oh, I, I wish I had a church this morning. Let's try that again. When praises go up, that's what they say. I like that one. I, I like that one because that one focused on him. When praises go up, blessings come down. But I hold, heard an old preacher say that's only half the truth. Uh, because the whole truth is that when praises go up, the blessor comes down. Because the Bible says that he in, that he he inhabits the praises of his people. We all want to be blessed, don't we? This father talks to his son and says, "Son, if you want to be blessed, here's the way: find wisdom." Now, that, 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 that's not popular preaching. That won't get us more YouTube subscribers. That won't get us more Facebook likes. But that's what the Word of God says. If you want to be in a state of blessing, find wisdom. That's how this father begins this lecture. He begins in verse 13 by saying, blessed is the man that finds wisdom. And then at the end of verse, uh, in verse 18, he says, those who hold fast to it are called blessed. It is clear upon how this author, this father, has structured the first part of this lecture that he wants his son to know that you are blessed if indeed you find wisdom. That word blessed, it means fortunate or happy. To be blessed is to be in a privileged position. To be blessed is to be in a position where you are approved by God and thus qualified to be favored by God. The blessed person experiences life ultimately just as God intended. This, this, the blessed life is the good life. Who doesn't want to live the good life? Who, who doesn't want to be blessed? This father of this proverb says, then if you want to be blessed, my son, get wisdom. Seek it and you will find it, for the Lord is the one who gives wisdom. Now, this, he, he, he has made this statement, he's made this claim that the blessed are those who find 
wisdom. Now he's going to validate his claim. And he begins, first of all, by showing his son wisdom's worth. Wisdom's worth. He, he says in verse 14 that the, the return or the gain of wisdom is better than silver and gold. Those who find wisdom are blessed because they find something better than any that, that, that wealth could give. Wisdom, according to verse 15, is a precious jewel. It is something that is rare. Wisdom is a rare find. And he says that no desire of the human heart could surpass wisdom's worth. You take all the desires of the human heart, what people are after, and he says that none of it can compare with wisdom. What, what, what is it, though, that makes wisdom so valuable? Look at verse 16. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Wisdom comes bearing gifts. Long life in her right hand, riches and honor are in her left hand. Now, in the ancient Near East, and they, the, the, the right hand was the hand of honor and power. It, it was given more esteem and respect. And so he is showing us here that the right hand, this is more worthy, long life. But the author makes it, makes it very clear, this father makes it clear that if there's that long life without wealth and respect, that's life lived to the fullness. And those who get wisdom generally, remember Proverbs are general truths, not absolute truth. Generally, those who get wisdom get long life and riches and honor. And is this not what most human beings desire, long life, riches, and honor. Just, just think about it. So many people are looking for the proverbial fountain of youth. We, we have surgeries to make us look younger, to get, away, to, get, to get rid of the wrinkles and what have you. We, we, we have surgeries to keep things from going south. Ha! Y'all are a mess. 40 is now the new 30. I'm on my way, so that's why I put that in there. 50 is the new 40. Well, think about it. We, we want long life. We, 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 we change our eating habits and routines to live longer. In addition, so we, we go after long life. We pursue long life. But then we also want riches. We, we all want and desire financial security. We want good paying jobs, nice homes, a healthy retirement account. Don't look at that right now. And because we want these things, we go after them. We pursue them. We seek them. See, we seek them when we, we, we make sure we network with the right people. 
We pursue training and education. We, we save and we invest. We seek those things, hoping to attain them. Then we all want honor, respect. No, nobody wants to be shamed or ashamed. And this father says, if you find wisdom, then generally you will get long life Riches and honor. But let me parenthetically stop and just ask you a question. How do we know what is wise? Because right now it really feels like everyone is wise in their own eyes. So what, what, how do we know what is wise? Well, well, well cut across the field. This father would say that wisdom are, wisdom is the words that he's speaking to his son. And for us, we call that the book of Proverbs. But his words, even though these words are coming from the, the father, we know that these words that come from this human father ultimately come from the heavenly father, who is the creator and supplier of wisdom. But not only is the Proverbs wisdom, but we know that wisdom, we know what wisdom is through God's word. Psalm 19 verse 7 says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So, so wisdom is that which is in accord with God's word. If you want to know if something is wise, see how it lines up with scripture. So then wisdom is valuable. This is her worth. Long life, riches, and honor. But verse 17 says she's also valuable because her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. When we go through life's journey, beloved, by the way of wisdom, we experience pleasantness and peace. Wisdom allows us to experience, when he says uh, pleasantness, he's referring to friendly behavior and kindness. That's the idea behind pleasantness. But then we also experience peace. That word peace is shalom in the Hebrew. Ooh, I like that. It refers to prosperity, success, wholeness, flourishing. Shalom is life as it was meant to be. Now that's the journey that we are on. We are on for the restoration, on a journey for the restoration of shalom because there will be shalom was uh, 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 messed with in Genesis 3, but we're on our way to Revelation where there will be a new heavens and a new earth. Shalom will be restored. She's valuable. Not only does she give pleasantness and peace, verse 18 says she is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Tree of life. We, we, we've heard this this type of language before, the Garden of Eden. Genesis 2, we've learned that there were all types of trees, but it highlights the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
Genesis 3, we, we experience uh, those same trees again. Adam and Eve eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the tree for which they were forbidden to eat of. And as a result, they are, are ejected, excluded, banned from the garden because in the garden was the tree of life. And the text says that, that, that God put them out because he didn't want them to take of the tree of life and live forever. Oh, if I had time, I would preach that to y'all, how that is actually the grace of God. Because if we had eaten, if Adam and Eve had eaten of the tree of life in the garden, after they had already eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would have lived forever in a sinful condition under the wrath of God. But God's grace and mercy was, I'm not going to let you eat that tree and live in that state forever because I have a plan to redeem you, to rescue you, to send my son to die on your behalf. That's grace and mercy on display, even in Genesis 3. But that's not what I was supposed to say. This tree of life, would have given them eternal life. And this father of this proverb now associates wisdom with eternal life. Those who find wisdom receive eternal life. They receive eternal life because they will be redeemed by God by faith. And their faith will be demonstrated in living life according to the wisdom of of God. And beloved, nothing has changed for us under the new covenant. We obey the word of the gospel by trusting in Jesus Christ, who died for our sins, was buried, but rose victoriously from the grave on the third day. We trust in his finished work of Jesus Christ. He who is wisdom incarnate to those who believe in Jesus Christ alone, receive eternal life. So get wisdom, get life. And so this father now is saying, hey, hey, you need wisdom because she's so valuable, both in this life and in the life to come. Get wisdom. But this father not only highlights wisdom's worth, but this father also highlights wisdom's work. Look at verses 19 and 20. Wisdom's work. What was wisdom's work? Verses 19 and 20 says that she was also valuable to the creator because wisdom was involved in the creation of the universe. God used his wisdom to create the universe. There, there are several implications of this, uh, this concept or this truth. But I just want to highlight two. The fact that God used wisdom to create the universe shows us that there is order to creation. Creation is not chaotic, disorganized, or disordered. Wisdom brings order. And for some people in this room and on this stream this morning, you feel like your life is all out of order. It's all out of control. This father would say to you, get wisdom, because wisdom brings order. But another implication of this uh, idea, this truth that 
God used wisdom to create uh, the universe, is that this teaches us that there is intelligent design to the universe. The universe, beloved, is precisely designed to create a narrow window of life-supporting conditions on earth. Can I flex my muscles a little bit? You couldn't see them no ways, but I'm going to do it anyways. Let, let, let me share with you a, a couple of these, uh, a handful of these conditions. For instance, let's look at the oxygen level of the earth. Oxygen makes up 21% of the atmosphere. If it were, let's say, 25%, fires would erupt spontaneously. If it were lower than 21%, we would not have enough oxygen and would suffocate. Let me see. Let me give you another one. Carbon dioxide. There is just the right amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. If we had any more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, we'd all burn up. Any less carbon dioxide and plants would not be able to maintain sufficient photosynthesis and we'd all suffocate again. Let me see. Let me give you one more. I got some. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Gravity. If gravity were, were, were altered just a tiny bit, the sun would not exist. And if the sun doesn't exist, neither do we. Beloved, these are all examples that reveal the fine-tuning of the universe. There is an intelligent design to the universe. When we look at what the conditions that have been created to sustain human life, we see God's wisdom on display. And the argument goes that if there is an intelligent design to the universe, then there must be an intelligent designer. And scripture, I wish I had time to, 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 to uh, uh, tease that out for you, but scripture makes it clear that that intelligent designer is the God of the Bible. And beloved, when we consider all that his hands have made, we can only respond in one way. How great thou art. That's wisdom's work. But then finally, this last section, 21 through 35, we see wisdom's ways. Wisdom's ways. This next section tells the son how to, that, that if he will keep wisdom, then God will keep him. If, if he will keep wisdom, then God will keep him. Look at verse 20. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. That word keep means to watch, to watch over, to guard. If he keeps wisdom, he will find safety. Look, look at verse 23. Then you will walk securely and your foot will not stumble. That's security. Verse 24, if you lie down, you will not be afraid. And when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Think about it. He's, 
if when when we if you're on a journey, if you're traveling, and you say, hey, I'm going to fall asleep. I'm going to get me some rest. That is when you are most vulnerable for attack. And the, the, the father says to his son, son, when you get ready to lie down, when you get ready to go asleep, you don't have to fear. And, and guess what? When you fall asleep, you just won't get sleep. It'll be sweet sleep. You know, you can sleep and not rest. And, and this, 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 this father says to the son, when you sleep, you will get sweet rest. How can this father be so sure that these things will happen? Verse 26, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. The reason you don't have to be afraid, the reason you will sleep sweetly, the reason you don't have to be afraid when you fall asleep and you're most vulnerable, because it is the Lord himself that will keep you. Look, look, verse 26, the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. And beloved, can I just, can I just be honest with y'all real quick? When I was writing this, I, I, I was trying to think about, I was, you know, doing my exegesis. I was looking at the Hebrew and trying to figure out how, how, how do I really, how do I really get this across to our people? And the only thing that kept coming to mind is just what the church used to say well, when I was growing up, the Lord is a keeper. Let me, let me rewind and press play on that thing. I said, the Lord is a Keeper. Listen, we serve a Lord, a keeper who he'll keep us from hurt, harm, and danger. Let me let me see. Let me just use some scripture real quick. Psalm 121:3. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade upon your right hand. I, I wish I had a Bible reader right through here. Here's how Isaiah said it in Isaiah chapter 26. He said, if you keep your mind on him, <laughs> he'll keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. Here's how Jude said it in Jude 24. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Here's how King James said it, to the only wise God. There it is. Our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. The church said, all I'm simply trying to tell you this morning is we serve a keeping God. He is a keeper. He will keep you when you don't even want to be kept. He will keep you from losing your mind. He'll keep you when you texting and driving. He'll keep you. He'll protect you. Won't he do it? He's a keeper. And that's what this father says to the son. You keep wisdom and God will keep you. He's a keeper. Yes, he is. But then, for those who get wisdom, for those who are kept by God, 
You rightly relate to God. God rightly relates to you. If you really, if you rightly relate to God, the Father says you rightly relate to others. And so he goes into these uh, negative imperatives, the negative commands. What, what we keep hearing over and over is do not, do not, do not, do not. And all these do nots have to deal with how we are not to treat our neighbor. Oh, what a timely word for those of you who live in this place where personal liber liberty is exalted and don't step, don't tread on me or my rights. Well, you child of God, follower of Jesus Christ, it's time to take up your cross. Lay down some rights. Oh, y'all ain't coming back next Sunday. That's all right. Here's what he says to, to, to that age-old question, am I my brother's keeper? The father says, you bet you are. So he says in verse 27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Oftentimes we think, you know, I ain't hurting nobody. I'm not harming anyone, so I'm good, right? You loving your neighbor well isn't just about what you not harming them, but you loving your neighbor well also has to be judged by what you are withholding from them as well. What are you clinging to and holding to that your neighbor needs and you have the ability, the power, the means to help them in their time of need. So this father says, we should be marked by generosity. Wise people are marked by generosity. Simple people are marked by selfishness. Do not withhold from those to whom it is due when they have a need, you have the ability to do it. Don't withhold. But then this father knows how church people can be. Come back tomorrow. I'll have it for you tomorrow, hoping that they forget. I've been around church people most of my life. I know how y'all is. All right, you feel better? Verse 28 says, when your neighbor is in need, don't delay. Help them immediately. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Then he goes, he said, don't even plan evil or do evil against your neighbor. Don't envy a man of violence. Why? Because those people are under God's curse. They, and, and guess what? They may seem to be prospering in the moment, but ultimately, they are under God's care. 
curse. Excuse me. But those who are righteous stand blessed by God. This is covenant language. The obligations of those in covenant with God have been laid out. This is how you relate to God. This is how you relate to others. And for those who are faithful and loyal to God and to the covenant, they're going to receive the blessing of God. What blessing? Long life. Financial security. And I know some of you are like, but Brandon, that doesn't always happen. Like right now, we're struggling. Do you know how good you are doing compared to the poor around the world? Even poor people in America are blessed compared to those in across the sea. But guess what? Sometimes blessings cannot just be determined if a person is just based on how they live, what they live in, how they what they drive, what they wear. Sometimes blessing is, watch this, watch this. It's simple, I know, but this is blessing. He woke you up this morning. And, and so sometimes people look at me like, Brandon, why are you so excited? Because you tell us 10 times in a row, he woke you up this morning. Because I know I didn't deserve to wake up. I didn't earn it. It was because God touched me. This was the old thing, say, with a finger of love. <laughs> yes, he did. It woke me up. So many people wanted to wake up this morning, but they didn't get to. But God blessed me. And he said last night when death showed up on my doorstep and got ready to knock, God told him, wrong address, wrong address. And some of you right now, you ought to be giving God praise. And guess what? He woke you up this morning. You, got, you may have stuff going on in your body right now. Some you know, some you don't know. But he still keeps waking you up. You low down sometimes, no good. Don't fear him. Don't serve him. Don't treat others right. But he keeps on showing his grace and his mercy towards you and wakes you up. So guess what that means? You're blessed. He, he, you, you're blessed. So his blessing is upon the righteousness. Sometimes blessing is, is you can't always see it but some, because what's happening behind the scenes in the spirit realm is God is keeping the enemy and all his demons away from you. you there's spiritual warfare happening all around us right now. But God is keeping us. He's protecting us and he's guarding us. I, I can't necessarily feel it. I can't see it. But I know I'm blessed. Y'all know I struggle with mental health, so I shout when I think about how he keeps me from losing my mind. People going around shooting people. You can't go to school safely. You can't come to church safely. But yet, here we stand. We're blessed. All right. That wasn't in my manuscript. Worship team, come on. Come on. So here's simply what this father wants to say to the son and to us. Find wisdom. Seek wisdom and you will find it. And when you have found wisdom, living life according to God's way, God's will, 
God's word and you will be blessed. I ain't scared of it. I believe it because I know we serve a God who will bless us and keep us. Some of us, we need God's blessings and not just material blessings. But some of us need spiritual blessings. Some, some of us need the blessing for God to restore to us the joy of our salvation. Because you know you can get up to a place where you just, life, spiritual life becomes mundane. You're going through the motions. You don't feel like it, but you can show up anyway. God bless me to, to find my joy again. So get wisdom. You will be blessed. Blessed is the man that finds wisdom, that has figured out how the way the world works and can respond to it according to God's word and God's way. And that's my hope. That's my prayer for us to seek wisdom. How do we seek it? Through God's word. The simple, we're back to the basic. But that's one way. It's through God's word. But by listening to those who have been on the journey a while as well. This son's job was to listen and hear the father's instruction and the father's command. So God speaks to us his wisdom through his word. But he also gives us wisdom through those who's been on the journey with him. Those who have been walking with the Lord. And our job is to listen, to hear. But that also requires discernment. Because you will, hurt, you will have talk of the wise, and then you will have talk from the world that sounds wise, but it's really just snake talk. And so that requires discernment. How do we seek wisdom? Through God's word, through discipleship, spiritual mentoring, listening to those who have been with Jesus a little while longer than we have. This is really a message to a lot of young people like myself, Dominique. Thank you. Thank you. For those who have been further along and have walked with the Lord a little longer, stop calling them old-fashioned. And traditional and, and all these other words. Boomer. You better listen. They'll keep you from having to experience some things that they've already experienced for you. Listen, discern. Wisdom was so valuable that God said, I'm going to use it to create my world. There's, with wisdom, there is creative power, innovative power, ordering power. Keep wisdom, and God will keep you. Lord, keep me day by day. Lord, thank you for your word, for what our eyes have seen and our ears have heard. 
But this is a simple word, but yet it can be difficult to put into practice because we all want to do what you said not to do, which was to lean onto our own understanding. We want to figure it out on our own. We want to be in control. So help us, God, to trust in you, to trust in your word, even when it goes against the culture. Help us to stand firm on your word, your truth, your promises, to do it your way, even when it doesn't make sense to us. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.